Good afternoon. You are listening to the JB Font Show. Today is Thursday, September 24th. I'm starting to show off. It is going to be just a show where I'm giving my raw thoughts. I have no, I have absolutely no notes written down whatsoever. Um, so this is not going to be a formatted show. Um, I'm just going to give you my raw thoughts on this. And I am talking today about the grand jury's decision to not indict the officers for the murder of Breonna Taylor. Um, I'm just going to start off by saying this, and people may have a disagreement about this. Um, If they do disagree, they are wrong. I'm just going to say that right out because I'm speaking absolute objective fact here. As far as the totem pole of being respected in this country, the lowest on the totem pole of being respected in this country are black women. You can go into the nuance if it's a black trans woman or, you know, a cis black woman. It doesn't matter. Black women are the least respected and least regarded group in this nation. They catch a lot of shit and they don't get any respect for it. Those of us who recognize what they do, we try our best to uplift them and let them know that they are respected. But as far as the system is concerned, they do not get respect. Of course, after this I don't even know what to call it, verdict, miscarriage of justice. I don't really know what to call it. It uh, it ignited protests. And rightly so, to be honest. Because she was murdered. So, so for some of you that don't know what this case is about, let me rehash just a little bit what it's about. So in Louisville, Kentucky, there was uh, some officers that had a, uh, I guess they were doing uh, a drug raid, and they have these issues called no-knock warrants, which means that they don't have to knock and announce that you know they're there at the door as police officers. They can essentially break into your house and basically surprise and then catch you, I guess, in the act or arrest you if they have a warrant for your arrest and then take you in. With, you know, so it's draconian and it's, uh, and when you first hear about it, and it's just as draconian as I'm saying it, you know, when I'm thinking about it. Um, And so they did this in the middle of the night, in the wee hours of the morning. 
um, they came in to Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend's home. And I, I do apologize. I forgot her boyfriend's uh, name. I'm like I said, I'm doing this off the cuff. So I didn't put any notes together for this. Uh, this is just off the cuff show. So <laughs> please forgive me, but I, I need to get my raw feelings out there. Um, and so being the protector that he was, he grabbed his gun because, well, we live in a nation that has the first, this, I mean, the second amendment. And so because of that, he grabbed his gun for protection and he shot at who he thought were intruders into his own home. The police shot back and they shot Brianna Taylor in her bed and she was killed. Now, kind of open and shut really because number one the system the way it's designed they should have never had that happen you know and so they didn't even arrest the officers they just let them go the this situation was from a drug raid which Side note, if we had ended the war on drugs and started treating drug addictions like the diseases that they are instead of crimes, then maybe Breonna Taylor would still be alive today instead. But no, we had to keep that that war on drugs going. Um, gotta love that imperialism. And so Breonna Taylor was killed. Also, her boyfriend was charged with shooting at police officers as well. Even though he didn't know that they were police officers and he tried to protect his and his girlfriend's life. So, <laughs> so much for your stand your ground law, huh? <laughs> so, you know, Brianna Taylor was a young woman and she was, you know, a first responder. She was an EMT. And so she was a person that was dedicated her life to her life to saving lives. And the mere fact that she was killed and really you know, in that manner is it's disheartening and the fact that justice wasn't given to her not even a involuntary manslaughter charge nothing at all for this young woman's murder murder um here's what they ruled um says a Kentucky grand jury uh, this is from ABC News a Kentucky grand jury indicted only one officer I think there were three officers only one officer for allegedly endangering the neighbors of Breonna Taylor 
during the police shooting that resulted in her death. So they didn't even give a shit about her. It was just the neighbors that they were like, oh, we, we kind of put them in danger. You killed a woman. They killed a young woman. And the grand jury, all they do is slap the cops on the wrist for putting other people in danger who are around. But you're not going to give any indictment to the police officers that literally shot and killed her? I don't know about you, but we have been marching for a long time. We have been marching. We have been saying we shall overcome. And what have we overcome? What have we gotten done? I'm holding my tongue here because there's a lot of things that I really want to say. But the people who are on the streets tonight, I understand their anger. I deeply do. And I'm going to take a short break. And when I come back, I'm going to discuss this a little bit further because this is really deeply on my mind. You're watching the TJS. Watch this space. Welcome back to the show. You know, I'm looking at this article from ABC News and... I'm just astonished at really more that this is still going on. It's sad to say that this really shouldn't be surprising to any of us because racism is as American as apple pie. And systemic racism has been something that many of us have long been dealing with. I have experienced it myself in my life. I am a black man. Um, my family members have experienced it in their lives. I have friends that have experienced it in their lives. And so this really is demoralizing and you get to a point where you feel like no matter what you do, you're going to be in the same degraded position for the rest of your life and you'll never see anything better than what you have. And it's, it's this disgusting notion that you are less than, you will never be better than anyone, than some of us within this country because of the amount of melanin in your skin. Funny thing, all, all, the only thing that we want is just to be treated basically like a cis 
white heterosexual male. That's basically all we want. We just want to be treated like that. To be treated with respect, dignity, um, and you know, people using the benefit of a of the doubt, you know, regarding us. Not being seen as someone who's scary. Not being seen as a threat just because of our skin color. Um, so, back to the article on ABC News. It goes further by saying, Former Louisville officer Brett Hankson, Hankinson, I'm sorry, Hankinson was indicted Wednesday on three counts of first-degree wanton endangerment for allegedly endangering Taylor's neighbors when he fired into the apartment complex. The neighboring apartment had three people inside, thus the three charges against Harrison, said Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron. The other officers involved in Taylor's death were not charged. Now, this is um, remarks from attorney Ben Crump, who is the attorney for Breonna Taylor's family. He said, nothing for the murder of Breonna Taylor. This is outrageous and offensive. I agree with attorney Crump. Um, I, he was indicted on three counts of first-degree wanton endangerment. So you can indict him on endangering people in an apartment around the murdered person, but you cannot charge the person who murdered someone? I'm just trying to get the, the logic of of this judgment by the the grand jury it doesn't make any sense from a logical rational objective and reasonable position while looking at the law and looking at the circumstance, you mean to tell me that you saw absolutely nothing wrong with Brianna Taylor being killed, yet the surrounding people where shots were fired, you saw something wrong with that. I see no excuse for that judgment. I see none. And this is just a this is just a scope of the larger narrative of what's been going on for years, for really centuries. Yes. Black people in general have been 
you know, downtrodden, beaten societally our entire existence in this country. But it's even more pronounced on black women. If you look at the history of what my ancestors my ancestors went through the rapings my god just that alone do i have european in me you bet your ass i do and there's only one reason why and so black women have been used as objects as seen as nothing and so I am sick and tired of there being hunting hunting season on people who look like me And this is a consistent basis, year after year after year. Hell, I'm considering getting myself a firearm. I hate guns, but I'm now seeing them as a necessary evil. But I'm also afraid to own one, because in case something happens, then who am I? I'm a black man with a gun. So I'm damned if I do, and I'm damned if I don't. So what am I supposed to do? And who is going to protect me from the police? Who's going to protect me? You can't sit here and see all this this systemic racism and think, there's nothing wrong. You've been living under a rock. Either that, or you're willfully ignorant. You want to know why black people are so pissed off? Look at what we've been going through for centuries. If you take everything that we've been through and everything that we continually go through and then you expect us to somehow, quote unquote, make it in the United States to the American dream and then if we don't make it, you wag your finger and look down on us if we don't, there's something wrong with you. It's like... It's like putting someone in a in a foot race. You take somebody who's white, you put them at the 80-yard line, 80 yards ahead. You put the black person in the starting position. Not only you put them at the starting position, but you also take a bat and break one of their knees so they have to hobble along on the track just to get there. And then you expect us to have a draw, a tie win 
a white person reaches the finish line. No. No, absolutely not. There's no fairness. There's no justice in that. And you cannot expect us to just sit idly by and be quiet about it anymore. And I'm going I'm I'm to be real with you. You have a majority white people who are right-wingers who are screaming in government buildings armed to the teeth yelling and screaming at officers and their and police officers in their faces about having to wear a mask or about having to socially distance or shutting the government down to protect them and they had throw a fit they have a conniption But we get angry and we act out even in the slightest bit and we get finger wagged and then we get rubber bullets shot at us, tear gas, we get gassed, we get, we get arrested for expressing our free, spe- our free speech rights. And yet, you expect us just to chill? Uh, Let somebody smack you in the face and then get finger wagged for trying to retaliate to protect yourself. Is that wrong? we we want justice and if we're not getting it what what did Martin Luther King say the arise the language of the unheard John Fitzgerald Kennedy himself said that those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable They're making peaceful revolution impossible. Look at what's going to be the logical conclusion. I'm going to give my final thoughts on this after this break. You're listening to the TJS, the JB Font Show. Welcome back. You know, I... I am livid about this issue but it's kind of weird because I'm also hopeful for the future I also do think that things are going to get worse before they get better but I still think that things will get better and We have to have solutions in order to get there. So I'm not going to leave this show with just venting and talking about this issue without 
talking about solutions. And there are solutions out there. Some people may not like the solutions, but they're there and they are the ones that would work. And this comes down to political will, not just of the electorate, but by elected officials. And it's up to us as the bosses of said elected officials to make them do their jobs. There's a website that's really good. It's called 10forjustice.com. That's 10forjustice.com. And it talks about the 10 demands for justice. I'm going to quickly go down the line for all 10. If you want to get the more details about them, you can go to the website and read up about it. But these are some uh, great suggestions so that we don't have more Breonna Taylors and George Floyds, you know, and many other names that are too numerous to count, unfortunately. So the first one is defund the police and reallocate resources to impacted communities. So basically, it's taking the funds, not completely away from police, but a good chunk of the funds away and putting it back into the community so that people have their material needs met. Because if their material needs are met, then that means they are less likely to commit crimes of opportunity and crimes of desperation. It's not just because black people are violent or bad, no. It's a human condition that we are under that makes us have to commit crimes out of desperation and lack of opportunity. So guess what? What do you do? You take the desperation away by giving us resources and you take the lack of opportunity away by giving us opportunity. See? Very simple. Number two is demilitarize the police. The United States is not a war zone. Our cities are not war zones. Police officers signed up to be police officers. They didn't sign up to be soldiers. Demilitarize the police. We do not need tanks in the streets. We do not need them to be acting like an occupying force within our cities and towns demilitarize the police number three eliminate discriminatory policing prosecution and sentencing these are these stop and frisk laws these are these ones where oh you fit the description what's the description black that's it <laughs> no 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 we need to in the discriminatory practices, the prosecution that is done by district attorneys, yes, they are in this as well. 
they are in league with this and they need to stop. And in the sentencing, because we are typically sentenced at a higher rate and at longer rates than our white counterparts. Number four, institute complete law enforcement transparency and accountability. So yes, this means ending things like qualified immunity, making sure that we can see what the wrongs that police officers have done open, you know, open to the public to be able to see freely so we know who is running in our streets with a badge and a gun. Number five, independently investigate all police crimes and abuses of power. This should go without saying. You know, I mean, <laughs> an independent investigator for, you know, police, so that we have a police that police them. <laughs> a police for the police, basically. That goes without saying. They can abuse their power just like anybody else. They need to be... They need to be held accountable. Number six. Install community representation, oversight, and safety measures. They work for us. It is not the way the other way around. They represent us. They should be part of us. And we should be able to determine what we want from them and what's the best interest for our community. Seven, in strategic counter-protest violence. We exercise our second amendment, I mean, our first amendment, allow us to exercise our first amendment right. You cannot let a bunch of people who are of a lighter hue scream in your face and have guns strapped to them and you do absolutely nothing. And yet the only thing we have are water bottles and umbrellas and you bring out the tear gas and the rubber bullets on us. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Number eight, apologize and provide reparations. You know, I used to be kind of iffy on reparations when I was younger because I used to think, well, you know, along the lines of, well, that's a lot of resources and, you know, I'm not sure if we'd be able to do that. But you know what? After looking at the way things are done, especially since, you know, the United States government decided to put $4 trillion into the markets to shore it up and then give trillions of dollars to the wealthy in tax breaks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. And it's not just, uh, giving somebody a check. No, it's many other different, um, means to be able to do this, you know, as far as education and property and, 
um, doing things like, you know, uh, ending systemic racism, many different things that can be done. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Apologize and provide reparations. Number nine, in the war on drugs. Breonna Taylor would still be alive if we ended the war on drugs, possibly. Hell, a family member of mine would still be alive if we ended the war on drugs. He wouldn't have died in prison. So, you know, this is goes without saying. Drug addiction is a disease... It's not uh, an act of criminality. So yeah, in the war on drugs. And number 10, incarceral punishment. You know, if we can just do these things, it would actually create a more just system. And this is all we're looking for. We're not looking for revenge. We're not looking to make the country worse. We're looking to make the country better. But we want to make a country better for everyone. Not just some of us. We want to make the country great. Just full stop. Just we want to make it great. So with that being said, I am hopeful for the future, and there are some things that we can definitely do to shore up a hopeful future, but it really comes down to us and what are we demanding from those who are supposed to represent us, those whom we hired to represent us. And if we can all pull together and demand that we deserve better and we demand policies that will make our life better, we'll get what we want. Because no matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, gay, trans, straight, lesbian, bisexual, Disabled, abled, Native American, cis, it doesn't matter. We all have the power, and this is our country, no matter who you are. If you were born here, or if you became a citizen... By moving here, if you adopted this country as your own, this is your nation. And my hope is we will start seeing the beginnings of a positive change and shift in the future to come. And hopefully I'll be there to see it and I'll be there to be with all of you. I want to thank you all for tuning in and you can follow me on twitter 
at JB Font, and I will see you in the next one.